Yo! So for the second time ever, I'm doing this podcast solo. Just because you've wanted it. I've wanted to do it. We can't get it together. I've been busy. So I'm just going to do it solo. We'll see how it goes. For this, the first time, I got pretty good reviews doing it solo. So let's start with this. I was watching Willy Wonka. And, you know, it goes without saying that Veruca Salt is the biggest asshole on Willy Wonka. I mean, that's what everyone thought, right? I've been talking about Veruca Salt my whole life because I always said she's the biggest asshole in Willy Wonka. But it's not true. You know the song like, I want a feast. I want a bean feast. Give it to me now. Like the biggest asshole ever, right? She's such a spoiled brat that she makes her father find all these exotic beans to have this bean feast. You could also say Willy Wonka was the biggest asshole in Willy Wonka, but he wasn't. I mean, he'd play that little flute when kids would die, when they would drown in the chocolate river. But the biggest asshole in Willy Wonka, what I've realized, is Grandpa Joe. Stay with me now, because Grandpa Joe was bedridden for 20 years. 20 years he laid in that bed. He let this little kid do some horrible paper out in what seemed to be the worst neighborhood of all time to get enough money so this asshole could drink cabbage. So, so wait, so this asshole could actually smoke his tobacco while Charlie and the family had cabbage water for dinner. Do you know what cabbage water is? I'm assuming it's the water from boiling cabbage. So do you get the cabbage water from some rich family who's eating cabbage? Like how does I've never really figured out how that worked. If someone could let me know. Like someone who was born in the 1920s. <laughs> can you let me know how how do you actually drink or make cabbage water and is the cabbage also eaten? Or is it a rich family that gets the cabbage then all the poor people get the water? So Grandpa Joe laid in that bed. Charlie went to school. Did the paper on his mother worked at some weird place where she would wash clothes with a spoon. Go watch the movie. She, she like washes clothes with this huge wooden spoon in this super hot water. And you know, she's burnt herself a million times. Meanwhile, Grandpa Joe laid in the bed. Now, the other three, they look bedridden. His wife and the other set of grandparents. They look like they couldn't move. Grandpa Joe always looked like there was something going on with him, right? Like he was a con artist. He'd lay there in bed with that stupid look on his face, always worrying about himself, always having to get his tobacco, while forcing this poor little kid to work and go to school. The kid who got made fun of for being poor had to go out and do this horrible paper out just so Grandpa Joe could smoke tobacco, whatever. So we assumed he was bedridden, but he wasn't because the minute Charlie opened up that golden ticket, the guy who was bedridden for 20 years All of a sudden, he's dancing around and clicking his heels like Ron Santo. How do you go from being bedridden to jumping out of bed and dancing? Like, I don't know about you. I've never clicked my heels ever. I can't even do it now. Not that I'm like this, like, super uh, flexible athletic person. But I've never clicked my heels, and I've never been bedridden. So I find it interesting that Grandpa Joe went from being bedridden for 20 years to clicking his heels, dancing, running around. 
Oh, Charlie, I could dance now. Oh. What, what? Wait, we could steal Wonka's Chocolate Factory? I could get some action? Oh, I'm in. See, Grandpa Joe was a lazy piece of garbage. He didn't want to work. So Grandpa Joe laid in bed for 20 years, and he waited this whole thing out. I mean, he didn't know it was going to be this Willy Wonka opportunity. He was waiting for some kind of opportunity. He was taking advantage of Charlie, Charlie's mother. They felt bad for him. He gets to lay down all day, smoke tobacco. So Grandpa Joe was a fraud. Okay? He's a lazy piece of garbage. The minute he saw the golden ticket, he knew it was his way out of the bed and his way away from his wife. Remember, as soon as Grandpa Joe got the golden ticket, you didn't hear him mention his wife once. So let's say we give Grandpa Joe the benefit of the doubt, right? Let's say some miraculous way he was able to dance. He was able to, he couldn't move his, like the atrophy that would set into your legs, not moving for 20 years, it would be impossible to move, but whatever. Let's say it was the second miracle. The first miracle being the Virgin Mary having Jesus without having sex. The second miracle, Grandpa Joe going from bedridden to dancing. Let's say whatever. Let's say it was a, a miracle. Let's flash forward to when Grandpa Joe gets into Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. And if you haven't seen Willy Wonka, first of all, why haven't you seen it? Second of all, you should watch it and then definitely keep your eye on Grandpa Joe, okay? So now let's flash forward to when he gets into the Chocolate Factory, okay? Grandpa Joe makes Charlie drink fizzy lifting drinks. Wonka said, don't drink fizzy lifting drinks. There's a lot of rules. When you walked in, you had to sign a contract, okay? All the bad kids went against the contract. Veruca Salt jumped into the on the egg scale. That fat kid, Augustus Gloop, drowned in the Chocolate River. Uh, uh, Violet, Bog- whatever her name was, Violet. She had the uh, everlasting gobstopper and turned into a huge raspberry. Or a blueberry, actually. You're a blueberry, Violet. Or Violet, you're Violet. So all the asshole kids did whatever they wanted. And that's Grandpa Joe, the old asshole, right? Charlie, a beautiful kid, wouldn't dare break the rules. Wonderful child. Grandpa Joe, Charlie, Charlie, let's do it. You only live once, Charlie. Yeah, because you're almost dead, asshole. Charlie's just beginning life. You've wasted the last 20 years in a bed when you could have been on Broadway tap dancing. And you go out of your way to make Charlie drink fizzy lifting drinks. Okay, so he makes Charlie drink the fizzy lifting drinks. Then Charlie, who's a polite little boy, he forces him to burp. You have to burp, Charlie, burp. <coughs> and of course, Grandpa Joe could burp. Because you know he's a drunk. And he and how and of course Grandpa Joe acts like he didn't know what to do. But out of nowhere, he he discovers that burping makes you drop to the floor after drinking fizzy lifting drinks. When you're about to die, when you're about to go into a huge fan that's going to chop you up to bits, then you figure it out. No. Grandpa Joe has had fizzy lifting drinks before. He snuck into Wonka's Chocolate Factory, probably was banging one of the Oompa Loompas, and had fizzy lifting drinks, and he was flying around all night drunk. And I'm sure that, that Oompa Loompa told him, hey, you have to, Grandpa Joe, you have to burp to get down. Oh, really? Uh, it works. It works. Yeah, Grandpa Joe. Let's get to the floor now. So Grandpa Joe wanted to have one more run, one more rodeo, one more dance. I'm just glad that Willy Wonka was able to look past the horrible incident of dirtying up the fizzy lifting drink room because he had to wash it out. He had to have all the Oompa Loompas work overtime. He had to pay them extra whatever they get paid in. 
Well, they were basically slaves, but whatever. He acted like he saved them, but Wonka, we know what was going on there with Wonka. So anyways, when you're watching Willy Wonka, just realize the biggest asshole in Willy Wonka was actually Grandpa Joe. It wasn't Veruca Salt. Veruca Salt gets a bad name. If it wasn't for Grandpa Joe, Charlie probably would have got the Chocolate Factory halfway through the movie. Wonka would have realized, wow, this Charlie kid's everything I wanted. But no, you got this asshole with you, this Grandpa Joe. Trying to get one last run at life. Charlie, Charlie, you only live once. Let's do everything Wonka says not to do. Yeah, that's right, Grandpa Joe. Because he wanted to bang another Oompa Loompa, probably. Sick. Grandpa Joe was sick in the head. That's what I've realized, that Grandpa Joe was just sick in the head. He wanted, basically, fizzy lifting drinks make you like, it's some kind of high, right? And it makes you fly in the air. So you're high and you're floating. It has to be an awesome feeling, right? And he's probably thinking about banging the Oompa Loompa the whole time. <sighs> Where's Willie at? Is Willie the Oompa Loompa still alive? Oh, no, we had to send him back to the island because he broke the rules, Grandpa Joe. He actually got murdered. Five, like, five months after you and him had sex, uh, after drinking the fizzy lifting drinks, we sent him back to the island where he was murdered. Another notch on the old Grandpa Joe belt. That's all I want to see, <laughs> Grandpa Joe. But I figure this is a good time to talk about Grandpa Joe. Because when else would I have this opportunity to talk? Because I was watching Willy Wonka and I was thinking about this asshole. He's such a piece of garbage. Let's move on to something else. I was watching um, Sports Center and they showed the LSU strength and conditioning coach. And he headbutted a player who was wearing a helmet. He did not have a helmet on. And he headbutted a player with a helmet. And, of course, he started bleeding and everything. But it's, it's an obvious case of roid rage. And if you don't think that every guy, pretty much any guy that's in really good shape is on steroids or some form of it. It's impossible. Put it this way. It's impossible to look like The Rock without help. There's no way to look like that. And if you're that wild and crazy and ripped, 100% it's roid rage every time. There's never a time where it's not roid rage. I remember those coaches in high school. They'd always be talking about high school girls and stuff they'd have sex with. Oh, yeah, man. I remember high school, man. Ah, yeah. Best days of my life, brah. Best days of your life were when you were 14, 15, and 16. Those were your best days? Yeah, bro. I got laid all the time, man. You getting any stink finger? They always say something gross like that. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I forgot. We're living in a PC world, man. Can't say stink finger anymore. Ha, ha, ha. I wonder how many people would have got arrested back when I was in high school. Like, I graduated in, what, 99? I bet everyone, pretty much everyone I interacted with would have been arrested in today's day. I wonder if it still goes on. I doubt it, but it was, uh, the way those guys acted was just ridiculous. But, you know, those guys that would take their shirt off, right? like, the minute a fight breaks out, their shirt's off. How do you know to take your shirt off? Like, how many times have you fought where you know to take your shirt off? If I'm about to fight, the last thing I'm thinking about is taking my shirt off. Like, if you end up on the ground, isn't it better to have a layer of clothing to protect your body from, like, scrapes? No, bro. I want to be slippery. They have nothing to grab onto if I take my shirt off, bro. Oh, okay, that makes sense. 
They're the guys who would always say, let's go! They'd get in your face right away, but then they'd never fight. <laughs> it was always just the threat to fight. Let's go outside right now. Outside. Anyone who really wants to fight doesn't go outside. They fight where you're at. They don't have to leave the room. A real guy who wants to fight just punches you in the face. They don't do that whole threatening thing. All right, bro. I'm giving you 10 seconds to get out of my face. But you know that LSU strength and conditioning coach. You know he's been in a lot of fights. You know he headbutts people all the time when they're wearing helmets. You know he has a big scab on his forehead where it always bleeds. Yeah, bro. Roy's helped me out, man. I get it. If you're like some baseball, like Mark McGuire, steroids made him millions and millions of dollars. It makes plenty of sense if you're an athlete to do steroids. If you're some loser on the street like the LSU strength and conditioning coach, he's not making any money. You know what the excuses they always say. Oh, it's for to get ass, bro. But I'll tell you this. Like, all those muscles look great, but when there's a limp dick against the muscles, like, I think the girl would trade in the muscles for a working penis. That's just a hunch. But I'm pretty sure that all those muscles do you no good if it doesn't come equipped with a, a working penis. Another funny sports story. I'm not sure if he's on roids. He doesn't look like he's on roids, but that really doesn't matter because he's so tall and skinny. But Chris Sale from the Red Sox, he used to be on the White Sox. He was hospitalized because of irritation from his belly button ring. This is the first time I was glad that we got rid of Chris Sale when I found out that he had a belly button ring. I guess there's nothing wrong with belly button rings, but no millionaire should have a belly button ring, a male, right? Really, no one should, even women. It looks sexy. Okay. A bloody belly button. But if you're a guy, I mean, like, what are the benefits of a belly button ring? And you know he's the kind of guy that has to always take his shirt off because just like the other guy, the LSU guy, the, the roid rage guy. Because if you have a belly button ring, there's really no point in having it if you can't show everyone and tell everyone about it. Oh, he's alluding to it. Oh, man, oh, wait, don't hit me in the stomach. You're going to make my belly button ring uh, cut me up. Well, oh, you have a belly button ring? Oh, yeah, you want to see? Take the shirt off. Any reason to take their shirt off, they do it. Just like if you have tattoos on your arms, you always roll up your sleeves or whatever. Like if you have, even if you have like a calf tattoo, you roll up one leg. Oh, so you have, oh, you have tattoos down there. That's why it's uh, to be seen, right? Just like the belly button ring. Any chance. Like he'll always wipe his brow with the bottom of his t-shirt so he can pull his shirt up. Oh, Chris, you have a belly button ring? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And they act like they didn't want you to see it. Oh, yeah, 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 bro. Yeah, man. Yeah, you know. You know, I get a little wild sometimes. You know, YOLO, man. Just like those guys who have the uh, single nipple piercing, which I always found weird. And it's always like freaky looking guys. First of all, they always have glasses. And they're always the least uh, you would expect to have a nipple ring. Like your friend who's an accountant, like you're in the locker room with him. He takes his shirt off. He has his left nipple pierced or something. And he keeps the shirt off as long as possible. And he keeps doing stuff, waiting for you to acknowledge it. The best thing to do with those people is not acknowledge it at all. Like there's this guy who works out at my gym. His whole body is completely tattooed. And he always does everything naked he walks around the locker room naked he sits in the sauna naked he sits in the sauna and reads a newspaper naked he sits on the bench naked he just wants people to comment oh cool tats bruh don't acknowledge these people 
if Chris Sale walks in with his belly button ring, don't even say anything. If the guy with one nipple piercing, because the guy with the one nipple pierced, he wants you to acknowledge it. He wants you to say something. Or he wouldn't have it pierced. Like, what's about, oh, bro, <laughs> my old lady likes it. She does. What does she do with it? Like, we, hey, man, let's keep what, what I do in the bedroom between me and my lady. They never tell you exactly. But here's, here's the, uh, the spoiler. There's nothing sexual about it. There's, it does nothing for you. A nipple piercing, if you're a guy. Yeah, man, my lady spends extra time on this nipple. She wants to have that metallic taste in her mouth. She likes that. And why would you force her to do that? And, and why, why do you not pay any attention to your other nipple? Like the other nipple doesn't get any play and your left one just gets like tons of play. Just stick to the left nipple. The one with the ring. The one that I circled with this, with this nipple ring. Cause I'm an idiot. Just stick to that one, babe. Keep sucking, keep sucking on the one nipple. And, 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 and the pressure on your girlfriend, if you have a nipple ring to feel like she has to like work on that nipple. Cause it's, it's really like, it's like, I, I've said this before. It's like, if you have horrible teeth, having a goatee is a bad idea because it's like circling your issue, like taking a black Sharpie marker and just circling. Look at these horrible teeth, right? So if you have a nipple ring, you're drawing all attention to your nipple and the girl's going to feel like, oh God, this is one of those nipple guys. Now I have to spend tons of time on his left nipple. Like, how is that fun for her? It's another reason why this me too stuff should have happened a long time ago. These poor girls that are stuck with these kind of guys. Yeah, babe, you, you know what to do. The minute they see that nipple ring, it's like, oh, shit. No, no. And it's like too late at that point because the guy's already like started doing stuff to his, his own junk, laying on his back, you know, waiting for her to spend at least an hour on his left nipple. And I would, I, I'm just wondering what the, like the road rash situation is with that nipple. It has to be so weathered and beaten down. He has to have no sensation. Like those chronic masturbators. Like it takes them nine hours. To, nine hours to finish. <laughs> like those. <laughs> I just had a visual of one of those chronic masturbator guys. But. um, <laughs> Like. like how, <laughs> at some point. The left nipple work can't even be pleasurable. Right. I mean, when when you've been doing it your whole life, you got the nipple pierced at like twenty two or something. It's 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 his life's work that left nipple. Yeah, you know, it's kind of my thing, man. I'm kind of a freak, and they always tell you they're a freak. No, you're not. You're not a freak. A freak is someone that like goes to the bunny ranch and and gets hung from like uh, get, gets like hung from a, a ceiling fan and has the girl like work him from the bottom. That's a freak. You're just some guy who got your nipple pierced. <laughs> There's a big. And by the way, Dennis Hoff, uh, he won a state assembly seat in Nevada. Dead. Shouldn't shouldn't the guy who lost to Dennis Hoff like never be seen again? Like, shouldn't he move to like another country? Because just losing to Dennis Hoff in an election from the Moonlight Bunny Ranch, we talked about extensively on the last podcast. Just losing to him, you should never be in politics again. When you lose to him when he's dead, you should never, ever show your face on any kind of political scale ever again. I mean, you lost to a dead man. That shows you how bad the other guy was. I wonder if there's any like other politicians that would lose to a dead person. 
that are that unlikable. I'm sure there are. Because some of those races, it's obvious that the state will only vote for a Republican or a Democrat, no matter who it is. So we should try that. Just have all dead people run for seats. Like Joe Jackson, the father of Michael Jackson, have him run as a Democrat. Who's a dead Republican? Um, let's see. I can't think of any dead Republicans. <laughs> Who died recently? That's a Republican. Let me let me type into Google here. Dead Republican. Uh oh, Dennis Hoff. There you go. <laughs> so Dennis Hoff. <laughs> so like we should have Dennis Hoff run against Joe Jackson in some kind of election. I don't care what it's for, but Dennis Hoff should just run on every Republican ticket for now on. Like in states where you know, where it's going to go Democrat or in areas or, or Republican, I mean, in those kind of areas where it only goes Republican or Democrat. This would be a great test, right? A great experiment. But I think the first one should be Joe Jackson against Dennis Hoff. <laughs> the commercials would be great. Playing Jackson 5 music. Two horrible people, by the way. One who, who knows what he did to his son. But most people have those high-pitched voices. Something sexually happened to them when they were kids. So I'm not saying that Joe Jackson was a child molester or sexually abuses kids. We know he physically abused them. And that could also ruin your, that could do that to your voice because they say when your voice is still sounds like a little kid, something traumatic happened when your voice used to sound like that. And you never were able to, I I don't know the, the science behind it, but that's why you sound like that. So for sure. I mean, we know he physically abused him, but who knows what else he did to him. Then you have Dennis Hoff. Who's also a horrible person. Just a scumbag. I mean, no matter. I, I've heard a lot of uh, tributes to him saying he was the greatest guy ever, but he, believe me, the guy runs a brothel. <laughs> There's only so so many good deeds you could do when you're running a brothel. You owe me 60%. You, okay, you're on the 70% tip now. You messed up. I told you I need you to do three Neapolitans a weekend, a half and half. Six blowjobs and ten straight sex sessions. That's your quota for the week. I know, da- I know, Daddy, but I missed by one blowjob, and and I really, uh, my my son, I take him to the dentist. Oh, now you owe me eighty percent. Okay, cool. We'll do it that way then. Do you want to keep up the quota, or you want me to go higher? You want me to go up to eighty five percent? Don't you love those people too? When they say you want to keep going, let's make it two weeks. I realize I hate anyone with authority, right? Who, who even even. I my mom never grounded me, but I remember those dads that would ground their kids. Want to keep going? Now you're grounded for six months. You want to keep it up? Seven. If I was a father, I would never do that. Keep, keep it going? You want to keep it going? If you're having that argument with your kid, you're probably not a good father, right? You're grounded for getting a C on your... Re- I, I remember this poor kid. His dad used to ground him for the whole semester for getting one C. It's like, you're a horrible father. You're the worst father I've ever seen in my life. And then on top of being the worst father, you're also going to ground your kid? I'm, I'm shocked that kid didn't turn into some kind of serial killer. You want to keep it going? I remember, I, remember, I, think, I, I think he came home five minutes late, and he got grounded for a month. <laughs> and he's like, I was standing there. He's like, he's like, but dad, he goes, uh, I forgot the reason why we were late. But he's like, it was only five minutes ago. Oh, it's five weeks. Now, now it's five weeks. You want to keep it up? 
And then he said to us, two months. You want to keep it going? Go to your room right now. You're going to get three months. And he gave him two months. He grounded him for two months. The kid was five minutes late. Two months. That's how you know you're a terrible person. Terrible person, horrible father. Wait, let's get back to that nipple thing. I was talking about. No, I'm just joking. Um, another thing I wanted to get to was um, on LinkedIn, people who, uh, I, don't, I, I just started getting into LinkedIn a little bit, which I, I'm not a fan of it, but I'm getting these emails from people. I don't, I don't know if they're real emails or if they just send out like a massive email and it says, hey, uh, since I endorse some of your skills, can you endorse mine? Now, number one, I had no idea who this person was or the other three people that sent me the exact same email. And I don't know what you do or what to endorse, right? So am I supposed to say, oh, he has a great smile? Because all I know about you is your picture. Yeah, great smile on him. I'll endorse that. (laughs) And then you look at the stuff he endorsed of mine. It's like stuff that doesn't even make sense. Oh, he's a great photographer. (laughs) Like I'm the worst photographer. Have you seen my pictures? That's why, just in general, references are stupid, right? Personally, I've lied for the most deplorable people I know. A friend of mine who works in like the uh, train business, he always puts me down as a reference for some reason. He's the worst human being I know, and you should see the way I act when people call about his references. Uh, do you know this uh, gentleman? Uh, oh, my God, yes. So we work together in the rail yard, and uh, he's... He's just the best guy. I know I was having problems in my life, and he really helped me out. And I remember he worked for me a few days when I was having personal issues, and that's the guy I'll always vouch for. You'd be lucky to have him employed at your place, and I, I just want to tell you he's the greatest guy ever. I've done that a million times, and this guy is the worst guy ever. So imagine what I do for people I like. That's why references are just fake. They're just stupid. Make sure you give us three references. Three, and they, how you know the person? It's like anyone you put down as a reference is going to lie for you. Who's when would you ever put down references of people that aren't going to lie for you? Oh no, he's an asshole. <laughs> Three references. I wonder if anyone's ever like who's the person that has to call references. Hello, do you know uh, Abe Cannon? Oh, he's great. Like, what have they ever heard? Oh, that guy's an asshole. <laughs> I should start saying that just to change it up, right? Next time someone asks me to be their reference, I'll just <laughs> I'll just say, oh, that guy's a huge piece of shit. Just a horrible person. Oh, I would never hire him. I think he's a thief. He's horrible. Uh, he, he, sexual harasser. Terrible person. Late all the time. Lies. Those are the kind of people that get glowing reviews and references. Any, This is why management sucks. They use references. What kind of an idiot would use a reference? Well, you know, we were on the fence, but uh, this guy got some great references. <laughs> they all, like, it, you please use me as a reference because I give the best references to just shitty people. The worst people ever get great references because I don't care. I'm not in your industry. I don't work in the train yard. I'll give you the greatest reference you've ever heard in your life. Oh, he's the best. Oh, oh, him? Oh, you haven't hired him yet? And I say stuff like that too all the time. And I turn into one of those. I, I, I completely change the tone of my voice. Oh, <laughs> wait, he's not. He doesn't have a job right now. Shocking, man. That guy's great. 
How did he lose his job? What? Ha- oh, I know what happened. I think he took care of his grandmother. That he's such a great guy. Meanwhile, he was out of he's out of work for drugs or something. <laughs> it's the worst. Just the stupid things that management does. Uh, I can't hire you. You didn't send me your three references. Oh, you mean the three liars? You want me to send you three liars with their phone numbers? <laughs> here's here here's three liars in their phone numbers so you could call and get references. Oh, Abe's the best. Great guy. The best guy I know, in fact. I feel like if if someone could use me as a reference, I would like that. I love being someone's reference. Just to, unless it's in the radio business, because I don't want to lie to people, you know. In the industry I'm actually in, I don't want to vouch for someone. But if you're in anything besides radio or, or TV, whatever. Anything that would be relatable to radio, because for that, I, I, I probably I probably just wouldn't answer the phone. I, and if they got through to me, I would just be like, hello, hello, and I would hang up. I would do that thing, which is all great technique, by the way. Then you call them back and you keep saying hello. Then you get that app, that um, straight to voicemail app, and you leave them a voicemail, <laughs> which is another great technique. There, there's many apps. It's called straight to voicemail. So you keep doing that hello, hello, hello thing. Then you use the straight to voicemail app, leave them a voicemail. And then when they call you back, do the hello thing again, then just never talk to them. Eventually, they, they just stop calling. That, that's not for the referencing. That's just in general. It's a great technique to use. You need the, These are the kind of techniques you need in life. Because there's no reason to even... I, I, I don't like talking to people about things, right? Like confrontation. So to get around it, you use things like this. Because confrontation, it just ruins... You know, if you have to be honest with people, oh, he's a huge asshole. He's horrible. I would never hire him. I don't want the guy not to work, right? And I don't care about these companies. So if someone needs a reference, I'm your guy. A couple other things I want to get to. Um, I heard an old woman, and I haven't heard this in many years. She referred to her grandson's friends as his boyfriend's. (laughs) <laughs> that always, that's like such an old school thing, but it always makes me laugh because I remember my grandma, she would always call her friend like Danny Gaga. You know, I've known Danny Gaga since I was seven. And if you're a podcast listener, you know who Danny Gaga is. He was the uh, entertainment reporter on my uh, old Sirius XM show. And I've known him since I was seven. And, and my grandma would always say, oh, you guys going out with your boyfriends? <laughs> so like, you know, you just say, yeah, whatever. You, you don't think about it. But I mean, one... One day, my so my dad would come over like once every three months or something, and like you know whatever. Why don't you call me? Whatever he would just he would just show up at the house like every three to six months, and like on. Luckily now with cell phones and stuff, it's a little bit different. But back then, people would just show up to your house, right? And I'm sure he would still do it if he knew my address. Luckily, <laughs> he doesn't know it. But you know they used to just show up unannounced, and he would just come over, and. I remember, <laughs> I remember Danny Gaga was at the door, and my grandma's like, "He's like, who is that?" And then my grandma's like, "Oh, that's Abe's boyfriend." And he's like, "What?" And he was, he was like, "I'm like, no, no, no." And then Sam's like, "No, no, no, no. You gotta and like." We were trying to explain to him that no, no, no. It's because <laughs> could you imagine if he thought his sons were gay? Like that, that would take it to the next. You have an every asshole father is just by default homophobic. They have to be right. That just goes with the asshole father thing. So if he thought we were gay, <laughs> like, it, 
it's just funny to me anytime I hear that. It, why why were they called your boyfriends? I mean, it makes sense, I guess, right? Like girlfriends, boy. Like if you said, oh, those are um, those are some of Marcy's girlfriends. You know, you wouldn't even think about a choice. But just saying those are his boyfriends in, in the homophobic culture we live in, it just uh, it just doesn't add up. I was at another thing I want to get to. I was at Culver's. This is another weird situation. I I ordered the uh, like the double bacon cheeseburger with extra mayo, and the guy's like, "Oh, you like extra mayo? You like extra mayonnaise?" And I I like kind of just ignored him, and then he kept smiling at me. He's like, "Oh, you like the extra mayonnaise, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And then you know, I'm not sure where he was going with that statement. <laughs> But, like, why make someone feel uncomfortable? Like, I don't know if he was also a huge Mayo fan, but why Why even do that? I don't get it. Wh- where was he going? Were we going to, like, go make out in the back or something? Oh, yeah, you want to go hook? You want to hook? Mayo and Mayo together? You know, maybe we could do something together? Is that, yeah? Cool? I know people seem to get weird when they're trying to find common ground. It's just a little uncomfortable. Another funny thing, uh, 50 Cent, he bought two rows of front row tickets for a Ja Rule concert on Groupon. To like, tr- He was making fun of Ja Rule because he was selling his concert tickets on Groupon, and he bought out uh, the two front rows so that they were empty for the concert. <laughs> I thought that was pretty awesome. Um, I, I've been hearing these Snoop Dogg um, like, uh, erectile dysfunction commercials. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious on the commercial. He's like, yo. He goes, uh, for erectile dysfunction, he's like, I don't need it, but you probably do. <laughs> like, what kind of salesman is that? Like, he, he goes out of his way to say he doesn't need it, but, yeah, you probably do. It's it's a it's a great way to sell ED medication. He's actually broken the, the, the way to sell ED medication because, like, no one wants to sell that stuff, right? Except Frank Thomas. He has no problem with it. And you're going to like it, too. And your lady's going to like it, too. Yo, this is the big hurt. I used to hurt bitches, but now my dick don't work. You got to get new genics and you can knock that pussy out the ballpark. <laughs> he's the only one who seems very comfortable selling it. But Snoop Dogg, he's like, you know, I don't, you know, I'll make sure, yo, just so you all know, my dick works. Uh, but you're probably going to need it. Um, I, I thought this was good. This happened on Halloween. The city of High Point, they banned that orange and black wrapped candy. That disgusting Halloween candy that I've been talking about for years. It's just disgusting. I thought that was a great step. And uh, finally, and I hope this holds everyone over until the next like full podcast with Sam and Bass. Um, Hulk Hogan made his return to the WWE crown jewel in Saudi Arabia. Now, if you remember, they killed that reporter in Saudi Arabia. Okay, But WWE was getting paid like $60 million, so they still went over there. And two of their biggest wrestlers, John Cena and Daniel Bryan, pulled out of the event. So what do they do? They call up old Hulk N-word Hogan. And and apparently, and, and I do agree with this, using the N-word is not as bad as killing someone. So, <laughs> so they they finally found a way to bring Hulk Hogan in. And, and I think this is a great technique. If you're going to bring back someone, do it on the heels of someone more deplorable than the person you're bringing back. So like Louis C.K., right? If he came back, they should have like Harvey Weinstein doing stand up the same night. And then when Louis C.K. comes back, no one will even care. Just like Hulk Hogan. He's in Saudi Arabia. Everyone's all up in arms about the, the murder, right? What's a racist guy? How's that going to affect anything when you're already at a place where there was murder? 
So that's a good technique too. Anytime you want to get back into something, follow the most deplorable thing or person that you could ever follow. And that's what they did with Hulk Hogan. And uh, I will be back very soon. I'll holla. Peace. Thank you, Abe, for all the laughter. David Blaine, your magic is real and I believe in you.